0: beautiful, beautiful images of Emmanuel, God with us. Hey, it is my privilege to uh, continue God's word today and the worship of him through the preaching of his word. I hope that I am able to share with you God's message today. Of course, uh, it is all in the Bible. So I really want to invite you. I really want to encourage you that if you do have a Bible to open it up, we're going to be in chapter one of Luke 1. I know we have some Bibles maybe in the back of your campus. You can turn on your phones as well. I do want to say hello to those that are seeing us online also in Chatsworth, Calhoun, Cleveland, Hickson and Ringgold and also to our friends that are watching us that speak Spanish or English hey it is my pleasure to serve you guys today with the word of God I've learned a lot and we continue our sermon series that we have titled a simple Christmas and the reason for that is because Christmas can become a little complicated for us let me show you a picture because maybe this will describe your Christmas Okay, it has described mine for many, 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 many years. I'm trying my best that it won't it won't become like that this year. But hey, you know it, it can become stressful, right? Because you're thinking about hey, who who am I going to invite to my house? Maybe I need to decorate. Maybe the tree needs to look. Perfect. Maybe the meal is going to have to be really good because my son or my daughter, they don't like this kind of food or, or I got to buy gifts. Right. For, for, for my grandkids or for my kids. And they like this certain brands. I have a teenager and, and they like this certain colors. Right. So things can become really, really complicated. That's the reason why we are saying, hey, maybe, maybe Christmas needs to be simple, because maybe we need to focus on one element. Because maybe this one element is this picture right here. Maybe that element is Jesus. So today, I want to share with you just one word that I think is going to describe the, the message or the theme of tonight, and that is the word Favor. And the word right there is grace, is caris in the Greek, it means gift. So, so about maybe three weeks ago, i take my kids to school uh, very early. I don't like to do that, but it's, it's, it, I do it for my wife because I love her. So at one time I'm coming back, I take three of my kids to school, the babies in the back, and we're just singing out loud, we're having a lot of fun. And I noticed that uh, very close to my house, there's a cop behind me. And I start getting nervous. And he turns the lights on, and I'm going, oh, shoot, what did I do? And I remember that, that I did not have my driver's license, all right? It was at home. I do have one. <laughs> uh, so, so he pulls me out, and, and, and he comes, and I'm nervous, and he's like, uh, what is your name? So I give him my name. And he's like, where's your driver's license? And I'm like, officer, I'm so sorry. I don't have my driver's license. Uh, what is your name? My name is Pablo. What is your last name? Okay, I can pull it up. Good. He comes back and he's like, did you know that you ran a, a red light? I'm like, no, I had no idea. But, but whatever you say, it's okay. <laughs> I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. He's like, that's okay. Here's the ticket. You're going to have to pay for it in about three weeks. Yes, sir. I'll do that. Not a problem. So in the back of the ticket, it says that I need to go. I think it was the 15th. Yeah, this Wednesday, the 15th of December, right? And, and, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm not going to wait until the 15th. I'm just going to go online and pay it right? But then somebody tells me this information. I did not know this. This has been only my second ticket in my entire life, okay? So this person says, hey, Pablo, you know what? If you go to the judge and you tell him, hey, I'm going to pay the fee, but don't put it on my record, then that's going to help you for the future. That's going to help your insurance not go up. I have a teenager. He's about to drive, and I know costs are going to go up a lot. I have four kids. I'm Hispanic. I like to save a lot of money. I'm kind of cheap, okay? (laughs) But I'm thinking, hey, that's a great idea. So Wednesday, I go to court. I'm looking around making sure nobody from Rockbridge is there, right? (laughs) I'm like, okay. I go before the judge, and he tells me, hey, If you want to do that, go talk to somebody else, the solicitor, whatever that means. All right? So I go to this lady, and I'm really intimidated, and I I say to the lady, hey, lady, you know what? I'm guilty. I'm going to pay the ticket. (laughs) But this is my request. I ask for a favor. I need a gift. This is the favor that I'm looking for. Would you please not put this on my record? Is there something that I can do (laughs) So this would not go on the record. She's like, "Yes. Sure, you can take a class. You can take a driver's class. It's going to take a few nights, and it's going to cost you about 100-120 bucks." I'm like, "What? I don't want to pay that much. Can we do something else?" <laughs> she looks at me and look, uh, she looks at me and she's like, "It's Christmas time. Merry Christmas. There's your gift." Go I got out of there as soon as I could. So why do I share that with you? Because I went into that place looking for a gift, looking for grace, looking for a favor. Now, I didn't know if the judge was going to say yes or no. I had no idea. But here's the question for you that has to do a lot with our message today is this. Where would you like favor in your life today? Now, think about that for just a minute, okay? Where would you like favor in your life today? And then as you think about that, think why. A lot of you, I know, may be thinking, man, I could use a thousand bucks. Man, I, I could use a car, right? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. The reason why we ask for that favor or we expect that gift may be very selfish, he may have a purpose that is only me centered. And here's the lesson for today, okay? We're gonna look at the gift and the favor that God really wants to give to us, but it is not only for ourselves. He wants to give it to us for bigger purposes than that. So I invite you to open up your Bibles and we're gonna go to Luke 1. We're going to look at verses 26 all the way through 38, and we begin with God's word this way. It says, on the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God. I want us to see today, if you leave with one thing, it is this. I want you to leave with with an image, with a vision of who God is today. Okay, so the angel was sent by God to a town in Galilee, Galilee is an interesting place called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel came to her and said, greetings, and here's a word, favored woman. Look at the next phrase, the Lord is with you. So, so as, as we are just observing the text right now, we notice that the word favorite is connected in some way, shape, or form, at least for now, with the Lord is with you. So, maybe the gift or the favor of God has to do with the Lord with you. The Lord with us, verse 29. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told told her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found, here's the word, favor with. Again, favor is connected with the being of God with her now listen you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus this is the first thing that I want us to see right away is, is that God is always moving forward with his rescue plan I have a teenager 14 years old who reading the Bible three times a week it's probably the best thing that I could do with my teenager six in the morning it's really tough okay but we are looking at the, at the life of Joseph in, in Genesis, and we, you, got, you and I have to see this, okay? That in the background, God is working something out. <laughs> He's moving his plan forward, and it is a rescue plan. The next thing that I want us to see is that God is the giver of grace. He's eagerly wanting and waiting to give us favor. We're going to look at that in just a moment. What is that favor? But also God is always completing his promises. And here's the beautiful thing about this message today. Through unexpected means. Through unexpected people in unexpected ways. Do you hear that? He does it in weird ways sometimes. So so, so let me just show you a few things. Some examples of unexpected people. Abraham. Did you know that Abraham was an idolater? He worshiped other gods before coming to the God of the Bible. Did you know that Moses was a murderer? And he was used greatly by God. God gave him grace and favor. Do you know Rahab? Did you know she was a prostitute? And God used her in a great way. Did you know that David was an adulterer? Did you know of Paul? He was a terrorist. He persecuted the people of the way. And later became the men of the way. How about you? How about me? Who are you? What have you done? If I can ask you that question. And then we come to this beautiful lady. Unexpected lady. Mary. Why is it that she is an unexpected lady for this? The passage is beautiful. And it tells us. God comes to an unlikely town. Did you know the Galilee, the region of Galilee or the state of Galilee was not very famous? People would say, what good things can come out of Galilee? And there is Mary in Galilee. Mary was young. She was somewhere between 12 and 14 years old. Very unlikely to be used by God at that point. Mary was in the middle of an engagement. I, I've gotten into this story and asked myself, asked God, to, hey, God, why didn't you go to Mary maybe a little later? You know, may, maybe you could have gone to Mary when they had the, 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 the ceremony of, 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 you know, of, of, of the wedding. But before she went into the room with her husband, why didn't you just help her right there? No, 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 no. God went right in between the one year of being engaged and going into the wedding celebration. Why? Mary also comes from a humble agrarian family. They were not rich. They were not glorious. We don't even know if she was pretty or not. But it was a humble family. This is an unexpected lady. And here's the biggest one of all, I think she was non religious. Why? Why does God do this? And here's, I think, the message for us today is that God is looking. He doesn't doesn't look at the externals. He doesn't count the externals of us. He seeks to give grace to unlikely people like me, to unlikely people like you. And then God tells her something beautiful that I think applies to you as well. And it is this right here: God eases Mary's fear with his promise. The Lord will be with you. Question for you and for me. Is that enough to ease our fears? Is God being with us enough for us? Or do we need more in our American culture? Is God enough? For us, so as we continue reading this scripture, we're going to notice right away what is this gift that Mary receives. We go to ch- uh, verse thirty-one, and it says, "Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus." By the way, the name Jesus is very famous; a lot of kids have this name. But but the angel is about to tell this lady something that is awesome. Jesus means God saves. In verse thirty-two, says, "He will be great." This dude is going to be different. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. That was only a name for God, the most high. He's going to be the son of the most high. And the Lord will give him the throne. Hold on a second. This is getting a bit too big. The throne of his father, David, he will reign. This guy's going to be a king. He will reign over the house of Jacob and this will be forever. And his kingdom will have end this is a big deal because God's gift to Mary was this please don't miss this God's gift to Mary was God himself is that a big deal for us or do we need something else that is the gift to the world but hold on a second we're thinking Christmas I need shoes. Maybe I need a watch. Maybe I need a new car. Maybe I need a new house. Maybe another wife. No, no, not that one. But God? Huh. Maybe the answer to that question tells us something about our character. Something about our hearts. So let me summarize this for us before we move on. This gift is offered to us. We are to receive it by faith, simple. But here's the kicker we are to carry it to the world. Pablo, hold on, man. You got me on that carry it to the world, <laughs> right? I'm not religious. I, I'm not sure if I can preach this to other people, share the gospel. Hold on just a moment carrying this message of salvation to others hey i can i can just invite people to church that's good (laughs) but me talking about jesus to others whoa how is that gonna happen how is that gonna take place here's good news for you and me mary asked a similar question look at her question how can this be How can this be, since I have not had sexual relations with a man? She was young, but she wasn't naive. She knew that it took a man to to have a baby. She's wondering, how is this going to be? There's no man right here. And God, in his grace, tells her how that's going to take place. The angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. This is glorious. This is impossible. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Hold on just a moment. Yes, 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 yes. Who is the father of Jesus? Does Jesus have fathers, or does he have a father? Maybe he has fathers. Because his one true father is God the father. That's where Jesus came from. But on earth, he had another father as well. I would call it a stepfather. That's why he's called the son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called childless. And here's the awesome verse that I love. And it says, for nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with God. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. God has a track record for showing us the impossibilities of life. Let me show you a few. God is the creator of heaven and earth and of all things that are visible and invisible. Is that a big deal? <laughs> I just moved to Georgia just a few years ago. I come from Texas. Everything is plain. Not many mountains, not many lakes. Okay? Probably the biggest thing over there is the Dallas Cowboys, and that's it. <laughs> but here's the thing I come to Georgia and I see these mountains glorious mountains. I see the beauty of nature. I even got to see a bear. (laughs) God is the creator of the world. Not only that, he's the creator of man and woman. I have a few friends that had just babies. And Danny Contreras is about to have another baby. Have you had babies? I've had four. (laughs) When they're so little, they're so beautiful, they're so cute. And you're wondering, goodness, where did this come from? God is the creator of everyone of us that's not a small thing please in scripture we see that he's the one that parted the seas that's impossible that is the god of the bible we see that jesus he's the one that stealed the waters what does that tell us about our god the god of the bible He does the impossible things. And look at this one. He changed a terrorist into a missionary. And here's the most humbling of all for me, because I'm talking about myself on this one. He changed an addict into a preacher, into a teacher, into a shepherd, into a father of four, and a husband of one. God is the God of the impossible. And see, that should drive us to be in awe. Where does that take our faith? God, you can do anything. Goodness. Should that bring us closer to God? Should that draw us closer to Jesus or not? Here's a verse that I love in John 6, that speaks about this. And it says, no one can come to me unless the father who sent me does what? Draws him. And will raise him up on the last day. So, so, so let, let's finish this story. Okay, let's finish this story. Let's look at Mary and how she responds because she's an example to us today. All right, let's go to verse 38. And this is what it says. See, I am the Lord's servant. Oh, wait a second. What? A servant? Yes, I am the Lord's servant. May it happen to me as you have said. Then the angel left. You know what is her attitude? just one word. It's an attitude of humility. You think God honors this? Are you a humble person or are you a proud person? See, this attitude is everywhere in this nativity story. We see it in Mary, we see it in Joseph, we see it in the shepherds. I hope you see it in yourself. Cuz then you're going to miss the favor of God. See, when we when we have humility, we we show it. We show it in our words. We show it in our attitude before God, before others. Here's a beautiful verse that says something about humility, 1 Peter 5.5. 5, God resists, opposes the proud, but gives something to the humble. Gives grace to the humble. So let's just apply this into our lives right now. Because when you are humble, when I am humble, we say something like this. Jesus is king forever, and I am his servant. See, when we are humble before God, we say, hey, you're up here, and I'm down here. I know my place before you. I'm not the king. You are. You're the creator. You're the maker of heaven and earth. You're the God of the impossible. Now, when we have a humble attitude, we also say this. May the king's will be done, not my will. See, we all at some point in our lives are building our own kingdoms. I have to be super careful with that in my own family, in my own ministry. But when we are humble, we say, only God is the king. And I'm under him. And I say, may your will be done. Whatever your word says, may that be done in my life. It doesn't matter what politics say. Your word is enough. You are the king, and I submit to you. See, that's humbleness. And that's when we are placing ourselves in a position to receive God's favor. I'm going to say this real quick. I don't think that without humbleness, we are ready to receive God's favor. So I'm going to finish with this. I'm going to finish with three applications today, because when I went to court, or actually before I went to court, I had two options. I had the option of just paying the the ticket online, right, just getting it done, and suffer the consequences. What were the consequences? It was going to go on my record, and maybe my insurance premium was going to go up, and I was going to have to work more. But the other option was what? What I did, go to the court, ask for favor, and he was granted. So how do we receive? How do we receive God's favor? Let's go. Number one, we need to recognize that God is the giver. See, that takes humbleness. I'm not the giver. God is the giver. And we need to recognize that he himself is the gift. Is that enough? Or do we need more? And more. And more. It takes humbleness. Number two, we need to receive. His unique gift, the gift of grace. I'm going to talk about this in just a moment with humility because we are unlikely people. Here's a problem that you and I have. Let me, let me just read it in Psalm 53, okay? God looks. He's looking. He's looking. He looks down from heaven on the human race to see if there is one who is wise. One who seeks him. But all have turned away all have turned away all alike have become corrupt there is no one who does good not even one you and i have a problem the problem is that we are sinners and because we are sinners we have turned away from god the worst thing about that is that we are not in fellowship with god because that that is the design of our lives we have missed it completely because of our choices Because we love ourselves more than God. But the good news are this. John 1, 12 puts it this way. But to all who did receive him. Ah, that's Jesus. He gave them the right to be children of God. You notice here. It's not only, hey, we're going to be law-abiding citizens of the kingdom of God. No, no, no. This is about a relationship with a father. <laughs> this is, they give him the right to be children of God to those who believe in him. So there's something that we got to do. Uh, that's believe. I want to talk about believe just a little bit more in just a second. But here's this famous verse, just, just to kind of go deeper into this receiving of God's gift. For God loved, again, He's the giver, right? He's the giver of love. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who what? Who believes. It's an overrated word. I know it. I know it. So that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Let me say this real quick. I think the word believe is not understood anymore. I think that nowadays We confuse the word belief in the Bible. And we think that belief is just saying, oh, that's what the Bible says. Oh, oh, that's what Jesus is. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that happened at some point. Yeah, I, I believe. That's not the belief that the Bible is talking about. You know why I say that? Because look what James says. You believe that God is one? Good. But even... What? Even the demons believe. And they shudder. Just what? Are you calling me a demon? No, 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 I'm not calling you that. I'm just saying, let's understand belief. Let's understand faith. Okay? The faith of the Bible is this. Hey, I think that information about Jesus Christ, that he came from heaven... That he's fully God and fully human? That he never sinned? That he took my place on the cross? That way I can can be forgiven? That he resurrected on the third day and he proved it by showing himself to more than 500 people? Yes, I do believe that that is true. But I'm going to show that belief. How? By following the footsteps of Jesus Christ. By following the teachings of Jesus Christ, as we put it a few weeks ago, by following the way of Jesus Christ. See, brothers and sisters, friends, that is true belief. When we believe in our minds, but when we put some steps into that belief. That is the belief that we're talking about right here, not the belief of the demons. So number one, what do we say? Number one, receive his unique gift. That's number two. And then number three, yes, carry his grace to the world as a servant of the king. I think this this is the hardest one right here. I know that many of us probably grew up in church. I grew up in church since I was probably five, three years old. Okay, I've been going to church for a very long time. That's why I had to relearn the word belief. Something that we do as we believe in Jesus Christ is that we carry his grace to the world as a servant of the king. And many, many, many times I hear this phrase right here, but I don't feel qualified. Hold on a second, Pablo. Carrying God's news to other people. I I don't think I'm good enough. I don't think I can do that. Let me read a few verses to you because we're called to do that. That's, those are the steps that we got to take as followers, those that actually do believe. Here it is. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works, which God prepared ahead of us, ahead of time for us to do. Look at the next one right here. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. We're going to show our salvation? Yes, how? Obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you. Did you know that? If he wants you to carry this message, this grace, this favor to the world, he's going to work it in you. It says that God is working in you, giving you the desire. Do you have the desire? Giving you the power. Do you have the power to do what pleases him? So, so, so these are the three steps that I think we can take today. If you're a believer of Jesus Christ, step number three is for you. If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, step number two is for you. Receive the gift. Step number one is for everybody. Let's be in awe of who God is. He's the giver of the gift. See, God gives us a gift for a purpose, and that purpose is to continue the plan that he started in Genesis 3. He continued it through Jesus Christ, and now Jesus Christ has told us, hey, now you carry on the mission. I'm going to read to you the end of Matthew, because I think we can live with this promise together. I'm going to go to Matthew 28, and I'm going to read to you verses 18, 19, 19. And 20, because I want to leave you with a promise. Here it is. Then Jesus came near and said to them, his disciples, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, go, go, do something. Make what? Disciples of all nations, not just in America, of all nations. How? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And here it is teaching them to what? To obey. Those are the steps of those that believe. They carry something. Here it is teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you and remember something, Pablo. Remember something, church. Remember something, friends. Here's the promise I am with you always. Is that enough? I am with you always to the end of the age. I am with you, even through this pandemic. I am with you, even through these times of trouble. I am with you, Pablo. I am with you, Rockbridge. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is living and active. It's powerful. But Lord, it is not enough to just hear it. Lord, we need to receive it with humility. And we need to carry it. Carry it to the world. Father, I pray for each one of us here today. I pray for myself. Lord, we need you. We need your gift. We need your favor every single day. And the favor and the gift, the biggest of all is yourself. Coming into our lives. But but, but, but here's the thing. We need to recognize, first of all, that you are the giver. That you are the gift. And that takes humility. Father, I pray for our humility. We are not the king, you are. We're not the creators of the world, you are. Lord, we say that your will be done, not ours. Father, also for those that are thinking at this moment of Of receiving this gift of you. Of God incarnate. I pray Father that they would receive this gift by faith. True faith. True belief. That begins in our minds. But comes down to our hearts and takes steps. Maybe that first step is today. Maybe the second step is baptism. And then learning to obey everything that you have commanded us. And Father, I pray, I think, most of all, for many of us that have come to church for many years. And Lord, it's the fact that sometimes, some of us may not be carrying on this gift to the world. Father, I pray that we would be the carriers of, of your love, the carriers of the message of Jesus Christ, the carriers of your gospel, of your good news, so that so that others can be part of your kingdom, and they can also, in turn, carry your message to others as well. Father, help us to take our next step. In Jesus Christ, we pray.